Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the wise men and kings episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so that you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and I'm here, as always, with Pastor Joel. Hey, how's it going, Pastor? That was fun. It's going well because yeah. that episode was great and super, super important. I thought you had some mic drop, mic drop moments. What did you think about it? Yeah, I think um, it felt like in the recording, like we did one really long episode instead of breaking up into two. So yeah. I think you even said the term when we were discussing it, sister episodes Definitely. feel similar to like the sex before marriage and divorce topics we covered. Mm-hmm. And now I can even say the way I look at it, it like a, a question I have right now is where are the wise men? But if we look at these two episodes, the Kings in retirement really emphasized this King mentality. Mm-hmm. And the wise men and Kings episodes really emphasize the need for wise men. So that's why I think they're companion. They're very sister episodes because one did a deep dive on Kings. One did a deep dive on wise men. Nice. So now we've, now we've kind of established that there are these two distinct roles, right? There's a leader and there's a wise man and they're supposed to work together they're supposed to work in concert together yes um so the conflict and the issue in the church in in this in the strict side is that pastors see themselves as kings and they don't follow the example of the greatest kings so in so I kind of want to go into some examples here so that people can kind of get some more understanding. Like when you were saying that I was thinking about Pharaoh and Pharaoh had a bunch of wise men around like Moses shows up and the wise men throw, you know, their, their stabs or what, you know, the enchanters or whatever, but essentially those are, those are Pharaoh's wise men. Yeah. You know, same thing with, uh, the story of Daniel and Belteshazzar. Yep. Belshazzar and, and, oh yeah. And, and Nebuchadnezzar too. There you go. I even like the, I want to talk about Pharaoh for a minute. Cause you have the really great example of even the bad Pharaohs, <laughs> even the bad Pharaohs had wise men. Really? Yeah. I mean, the Pharaoh who ends up chasing down Israel after finally letting them go was not a good Pharaoh, but he had wise men. But then what about the Pharaoh who was with Joseph? Mm. That's a good Pharaoh. Yeah. He had wise men. Mm -hmm. And what happens with him is he gets, he gets this dream. He, and he calls his wise men to him. And what happens when his wise men can't answer? He searches for more wise men. It's awesome. And finally Joseph gets to stand before him and give him the wisdom from God. So yeah, we, I mean, there's, there's some, it's interesting. There's some really good examples of people doing this, but unfortunately, even the good examples tend to be coming from people who weren't God's 
kings. Like who's God's king? Who's a good example of this? Mm. Like we have David. Yeah. He's a good, and there's also times in his life, he wasn't a good example of this, but he's the guy who was open to confrontation. When it, when he was confronted, he immediately changed. Right. So I loved, you know, pastors need to be in charge. Um, you know, this, that, that whole concept of what you said about pastors can't be wrong. Yeah, that was the reason I wanted to share that story is because literally I heard a pastor say that to me. That was like, that was, I said within the last month, it was even less than a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking as he says it, and I remember sharing it with you. I want to put that in the in the podcast episode. Right, right. Because it was just so alarming to me where it's like, Man, the topics we're talking about are relevant and they're really helping people. And, and this damage in the church is really going on. People really do have this mentality. And the pastor who said this to me was a, a, a guy who's been pastoring for upwards of 40 years. So this is a guy who's been around the block and has seen and dealt with a lot of pastors in his, in his ministry. And he felt the same way that we do. His point was, this is the environment these pastors are in. They feel like they can't be wrong. Yeah, that, that's not a good place to be when you're the leader of an organization, especially church. Right. Yeah, and that's where it's it's really interesting to me where, you know, I like to think about myself being, I am the leader of my life. I'm the one that decides what it is that I want to do. So it's my responsibility to surround myself with wise counsel because yes. all of those all of those ideas are not supposed to come from me, which is you know that was hard for me to really wrap my head around when I became a senior pastor. It was a little bit easier for me to grasp where it's, you know, being an associate pastor and giving the options, giving the ideas, and then having you s- select that option. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. That was a little easier than me learning how to give up control for the options. Right. People coming up with some options. Yeah, I get that. I think there's, I think the, the role of leader, because there's this, burden of responsibility over the decision i think that that can go one of two ways it can go the way of well i don't want to do this alone i shouldn't do this alone i need help right or it can go this other way of i'm the one responsible then i'm going to make sure it's done right Mm -hmm. and not only do i make the decision but i make sure i come up with all the ideas and i don't listen to anybody because i'm responsible Man. Wait, shouldn't it be I listen to everybody because I'm responsible? <laughs> That's right. the way it should be, but it tends not to go that route. Yeah. That's what I really liked about, you know, it was it was fun talking about this because we kind of started as we were talking about that perspective of, you know, 
we, we started talking about Solomon and how they're examples of people who wanted to be leaders and wisest men. And we talked about how God put himself in the position of being Solomon's wisest man. Um, now, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's God's fault that Solomon ended up the way that he ended up. Um, and, you know, my question is, you know, or what we talked about is why it's dangerous for it to only be God and me. And I think that that is something that's really, that I see a lot going on in the church is, you know what? I have God, I have the Holy Spirit. I can hear God's voice. So I'm good. Yeah. So that, that is dangerous because, well, and, and I think it's, it's amazing because God saw this from the beginning in part, one of the reasons he made, he created Eve is it's not good that man should be alone. It wasn't good for just Adam and God. And so I think God saw this coming, but one of the biggest, the biggest reasons this is dangerous is, well, one, I'm not accounting for if at all in any time of my life, I'm wrong about the influence I'm hearing in my brain. Mm. What if I'm wrong? Right. What if I'm not hearing from God and I think I am, who can help me see that when God, the person I'm not hearing from is the only person I've put in my life to confront me. I'm alone. Right. And I think I'm hearing from God. Oh, that is a great point. But not only that, one of the things that we really have helped people with over the years is this understanding of everyone else sees my behavior before I do. So if I give you the ability to confront me and I ask you to do that for me in my life and you see a behavior in me and confront me on it, it's very possible that you're confronting me in an area that I didn't even know was happening. Mm. And that confrontation can be such a benefit because it can prevent me from going down that path to the point of destruction. That's so good. You confronting me could be helping me from having major, major mental health issues down the road. And you may be able to see something in my life that if I was left alone to my own devices, I wouldn't see until it was too late to do anything about, or it was too late to do it or where it was too late to prevent the enormous damage it could cause. Yeah. So, so I, I like to take that and, you know, apply that to Solomon where we saw in David's life that there were prophets that were, that confronted david yes there could have very well been prophets around during solomon's time right right and so these people god could have flowed through to confront solomon if if he was off yeah yeah i mean that's the way god had it set up he didn't just leave solomon out to dry you know right 
Right. It was Solomon's choice. Because the thing is, here's because here's here's a nice clarifying point. I I think is important. Just because Simon was just because Solomon was the wisest man to ever live doesn't mean he never had a situation he didn't know how to handle on his own. Mm. And it and and you know what? Even if I'm wrong about that, being the wisest person doesn't guarantee you'll never make a mistake. Nice. And it doesn't guarantee that I'm always right about what God is telling me is the right thing to do. Yeah. Wisest man doesn't mean never wrong. Nice. I feel like Solomon treated it like that's what it meant. Mm. And I think, I think that's what the pastors, this King mentality is really about. I need to be, I need to be right being the wisest man and the leader. And what that means is I'm never wrong. Being the wisest equals not wrong. That's not what that means. Man. And that's, what's so interesting about this whole discussion is because, you know, that you, you have on the strict perspective that pastors are in charge and they're the wisest man. And then on the loose perspective, God's my wisest man, and he's the only one that can confront me. It To me, if you take a step back in the argument, it's the same thing. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's really putting yourself in a position to, to answer to no one. Yeah. And, and you're, you're either saying it outright or, or you're saying God's the guy I answer to, but is, it, is he really? how are you sure yeah what do you do if you're wrong in that case there's no (laughs) safe there's no safety measure no you're right there's no safety measure behind if i'm wrong that well and that's what solomon said right he goes in the multitude of counselors there is safety he even said it right yeah i feel like he's just reaping judgment on himself by all the things he stated to other people that he didn't do himself. Yeah. But it really is that way. I mean, that, you know, people who don't have wise counsel in their life, they're not safe. They're not safe. They're not making safe decisions. Making a safe decision is, you know, having counsel in your life to, to share and talk things through. And, you know, you and I in the, in the council that surrounds us, it's like, there is so much freedom in being able to do that. Oh, I can't even count the times you and I working on some project together that we always had this measure, right? Where even when we were pastor in the same church, mm-hmm. we, we took each other's counsel really well all the time, but we always had this measure set too of like, when, especially when we're dealing with something we've never dealt with we, before. We'd call it, is this situation unprecedented? Nice. In situations like that, you and I were really quick to go to our apostle. Right. The guy who gives us counsel. And especially, even in times where we felt like what we were doing was right. It wasn't always, we don't know what we're doing, or we don't know how to do this. A lot of times it was, we feel like we're doing this the right way, but we've never handled a situation like this before. Let's go and just get counsel and make sure we're on the right path. And I can't even count the times we've done that where the result 
you and I have been talking about the the situation and and literally expressing to each other how safe we feel by how we handled it. It was so, it felt like such refuge to be able to get counsel from somebody we knew that was going to give us wisdom mm-hmm. and was going to confirm or deny whether or not we were hearing from God. And it, I mean, it's incredible. It is so, it does feel so safe. Yeah, man. And so I imagine that bringing up the wise counsel conversation, you know, if you're helping someone with a wise counsel situation, like they don't have one and we're encouraging wise counsel, something that you and I have heard a lot, Pastor Joel, is when a pastor will say, or a leader will say, well, what am I supposed to do? Check, you know, when I'm supposed to take a shower or not. Right. And I had someone come up, you know, I had someone ask me that. It's like, oh, do I have to check everything? Is every decision gonna, you know, like what, do I need to talk about what I'm going to eat for breakfast with my counsel? It's like, (laughs) yep, (laughs) you know, it's like, what is it? What is important? And the measure that I gave to, you know, a, a, a guy in my congregation who asked me that was, do you know the right thing to do? Do you know what is the right thing to do? Do you know what God wants you to do? Right. If you do, then go. Do it. Yeah. Do do that thing. Yeah. Are you smelly? What is the right thing to do? Take a shower. Right. You know, you want eggs for breakfast? What is the right thing to do? You know, it's like, well, you can eat eggs, you can eat toast, whatever. It's like but that's kind of what it boils down to is, okay, do you know what the right thing to do is in this situation? And if you don't, that's the perfect opportunity to pull in your counsel. Right, right. And that's, and, and I know you and I would tell the original founding, founding pastor of, of uh, Music Life Church, one of the things we were always trying to encourage him in, and he was a guy who, built up his ministry in a lot of traditional arenas. A lot of stuff was going on that we're talking about in these podcasts, but he's, he's a pastor who's, he's trying to, you know, do what God's telling him to do and trying to get rid of all this tradition. And the same advice we gave him, we give to our associates as we're trying to train them to become pastors or as they become pastor or as the, as they pastor, we're, we're sharing with them advice that we use. And it's this line, you never have to do anything alone. Nice. Oh, That's what so I remember nice. us telling our, our pastor. And I remember saying that to the associates we have now who are learning what it means to be a pastor. And we're combating, even with this younger generation, this mentality of I'm a pastor. Now it means I have to know what to do in every situation. Oh. <laughs> and you and I, oh, you know, as we're both growing and being uh, senior pastors together yeah, and learning what it means to our relationship changing, right? And yeah. in this new dynamic, yep. you know, one of the things that you and I have connected over in the last, especially like in 
over this last year is this idea of, man, why do these people think that you, as a pastor, you always know what to do? Mm-hmm. Like, we're constantly dealing with things that I still am trying to figure out how to do this the right way. Absolutely. Which is more why I need this counsel in my life. And and it is, like, I remember telling our original pastors, like, if you get an email, a phone call, a text message, a, meet, a face-to-face meeting, any of that, you never have to do any of that alone. Mm. You can if you want, but you can also... I'll help you formulate the email. I'll help you do the text. I'll help you be prepared for the meeting. Even if you go by yourself, you never have to do anything alone. And, and honestly, I've taken that to heart and it's like, I, yeah, it really does feel safe to have that huge amount quantitatively and qualitatively. The amount of support we have is just, it's such a blessing. Man, it really is. And yeah. And I think it's, it's, just helping other people pick their counsel, helping other people draw on some people in their life right. to help them do that. It's difficult um, to, to bring in a counsel because it slows everything down. Yeah, it does. That's one of the things where, you know, I've realized is, is having counsel in my life. It doesn't allow me to make those decisions really quickly. You know, those A to B, we call them A to B decisions. <laughs> I have to, I want to do this thing, A, and I need to take a step back, C, and go to the council. Yeah, that A to B is like another way to see it is just doing things in one step. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. I have a goal, I go accomplish it. Instead of I have a goal, I take a step back and get counsel before I go accomplish it. Man. It does, it slows it down. Yeah. But God's timeline is eternity. <laughs> nice. He sees time different than we do. Like I'm in a lot bigger hurry than God is. Seriously. Yeah. So again, everything just breaks down to the why PJ, you know, when, when we see this argument going on in the church, it it's all about why. Yeah. So can you go through these, the categories that you said, and as it relates to self-esteem? Right. So the, the people we, we feel sorry for, the people who avoid confrontation and resist input, it's low self-esteem. And it, so again, we're talking about how a person, what their belief and their confidence is and who they are. And if I have low self-esteem, then that means my way of feeling good about me is to make sure I'm the guy who comes up with the ideas and makes all the decisions Maybe in hopes that if I do something well, I get all the credit. Mm. Wow. It's about boosting my self-esteem, right? It's about making me feel good. Yep. The mid-self-esteem, these are, you know, it's it's people who they're they're in this thought process of like, I want to be affirmed by people more excellent than me. And and really in this situation, as it relates to, to wise counsel, to wise men and kings and all this is I'm only, because I'm mid self-esteem, I will seek out counsel from these people I look up to, but only when I really need it. And maybe the why behind that is even because I want to be like them. 
And if they, and, mm. and what that means then is I have to, as much as possible, I have to make sure I'm the one doing the right thing. I have to make sure that I'm the one coming up with the ideas. I'm, I have to make sure I'm the one making the right decision. Right. However, I am at the point where I recognize there's times when the crap hits the fan, I do need help. Nice. Which brought up this humiliated, you know, Yeah. I'll reach out when I'm humiliated. And we learned in the humility episode that humiliated, a person is humiliated when they're not humble during the thing they're being humiliated in. Because it's from this external source. If a person is humble, they're never humiliated. Nice. The high self-esteem people, they're leaders. Nice. They feel good about who they are. They feel good about the leadership role they're in. And they know that getting counsel from someone else will only help them become better. It isn't a detraction from who they are to get help from another person. Oh, it's so good. And the fact that you're smarter than me, or let me say it this way, my intelligence is not measured against yours. Uh. The quality of the person and the leader I am is measured against itself, Mm. not against you. Mm. Did I become better? Do I feel good about the person God created me to be? Do I feel good about my ability to help others grow in who God created them to be? So good, man. So you, so then you gave us, the ultimate answer, PJ, the conjunctive answer, you know, with, which is freedom with one and only one limitation, make all the decisions you want after inviting input and confrontation. And in the Bible, this was called the council meeting. So can you kind of commentate on that a little bit? Why that's the ultimate answer? Yeah, well, this is how God accomplishes things. Well, that's a good answer. Right? (laughs) And and again, we'll do a deep dive in council meetings, but uh, let me paint the picture of what this looks like. Yeah. So God the Father has an idea. He wants something he wants to accomplish, some goal he has. Even God the Father, before making that decision invites people in to share their thoughts and ideas. And there's scripture that shows this. Let me just flip this. So, so I'll say this, that's the way God accomplishes his will is he has a will or a goal, something he wants to accomplish. He invites certain spiritual entities. Let's say angels, maybe even the angel of the Lord to give him ideas. And then after he, after everybody's given the opportunity to share, then he'll make the best decision based on the best idea that Mm. he can see. What's this matter to us now is God has actually said, you know what? Jesus go down and and pave the way to connect people to me. So Jesus does his amazing 
ultimate hero move dies buried rose again for us mm-hmm. jesus leaves so the comforter can come or the counselor mm. we get the holy spirit sent to us and through the holy spirit who is the father's spirit the father has said to us hey What's the verse we used? James 1, 5? James 1, 5, right. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to you all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. The Father sends the Holy Spirit. Today, the, the dispensation we're living in now, the Holy Spirit's on all flesh. The Holy Spirit is within believers. Mm. So those of us who are believers, who have re, who become born again, and who have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, it's as if God the Father has said to us, hey, if you want to accomplish something, you can ask me to come to a council meeting that you have created, and I will give you options and ideas to help you with before you make the decision of how you're going to accomplish whatever it is you have in front of you. So God sent us his Holy spirit in order for him to be more involved in our lives and how we are driving this life he's given us. So that's like the painting this picture of what, what God's really been doing more from a doctrinal side. We'll get into some of the details of what a council meeting looks like in, in a future episode, but but the reality is this is the ultimate answer because God has sent us his Holy Spirit for this very reason. And he didn't just send his spirit to me. He sent it to all believers. He sent it on all flesh and in all believers right. so we could work together. There it is. Commune with each other we could have interdependent lives and so that together we could accomplish god's will on earth as it is in heaven man because it's so you know you you mentioned this pastor joel i see you do something wrong before you oftentimes see you do something wrong and i'm the same way other people see our actions ahead of us in what we do that are wrong and so imagine the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through a person who sees you wrong, me wrong quicker. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's Who's just like the quickest at recognizing your poor behavior. Yeah. It's a, it's a believer. <laughs> oh yeah. Someone with the Holy Spirit and dwelling in them. Yeah. Someone who you, so that's why this is, again, is the ultimate answer too, is because we are we are trying to help people just have the best life the best resources so what is the ultimate answer is to have people in your life who confront you by the holy spirit Amen. so you got the holy spirit in you you know i have the holy spirit in me and when we discuss something then i mean talk about the greatest way to get options and answers Right. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Joel. And thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. 
If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We will see you next time.